Get to Old Navy now because this week only there's a new red hot deal every single day. Plus up to 50% off store wide. That's up to 50% off your favorite Old Navy styles. Also get $10 off your next purchase when you buy online and pick up in store. So hurry in and get today's wow worthy fashion pieces at a price you won't believe. Only at Old Navy. Valid 712 to 19. Select styles only. $10 off valid in store only. One time use. Excludes clearance, gift card, register lane items, jewelry. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Think It Ain't Illegal Yet. I'm your host, St. Clinton. On this show, we'll be playing some poetry, spoken words. And other things about political and social issues going on around the world, both past, present, and future, which will hopefully make you think.
When we and the enemy we face both are armed with nuclear weapons, which give war itself a new dimension. Well, let's take a look at that broad picture. A major war fought with nuclear weapons, obviously is the first challenge we face. But we're well prepared to meet this challenge. The extraordinary temperature of the fireball of a nuclear explosion heats the adjacent air to such an extent that it undergoes a colossal expansion and creates a blast wave which travels in all directions with the speed of sound. It takes about 10 seconds to reach a person standing two miles away. At this point, there's just sufficient time following sight of the detonating flash to drop to the ground or scramble for cover before the blast wave arrives. Our greatest strength lies in our nuclear power and our ability to deliver them. Hundreds of nuclear weapons rained down on Earth for 30 years, spreading fallout and radiation all over the planet. So many nuclear warheads exploded on Earth that the background radiation signature of the whole planet has gone up. They called this war air burst testing and hundreds of atom bombs were exploded in our air during its course. Okay, so they didn't drop bombs on cities, so the death toll was pretty small. Just a few insignificant Pacific Islanders and some communist peasant folks. So, bring on World War 4, 5, and 6, cause they'll all be good for business. Without testing in the 1950s, there would be no hydrogen bomb. Without testing in the 60s, there would be no nuclear weapon so small that we could fit 14 of them in a nose cone. Without testing in the 70s, there would be no neutron bomb, which leaves property undamaged, but destroys all human life. By stopping testing now, neither we nor the Soviet Union will be able to build nuclear-powered lasers to extend our battlefields into space. Well, our library is growing. We've just been through another atomic test. For a military man, any one of us, the considerations, the problems of atomic warfare are better understood today than ever before. Diagrammatically, an atomic detonation looks like this. Four effects are produced. Light, heat, radiation, and blast or air pressure. Since blast is the primary destruction force of the bomb, let's take a closer look at the blast portion of the event. The bomb is detonated in relatively cold air. The pressure wave produced by the energy released moves faster than the speed of sound in all directions at the same time, in what is known as the incident shock wave. The air is heated by the sudden compression caused by the shock wave. As the incident wave strikes the ground, most of the energy bounces back in a reflected wave. The resultant peak pressure in the reflected wave is about double the pressure in the incident wave, thereby doubling the destructive power of the shock force, or front, moving across the ground. Because the air behind the incident wave is hot, the reflected wave can move faster and gradually compress the base portion of the incident wave into a wall or stem of boosted air pressure called a Mach Y stem. On a graph, the event looks like this. 
The greatest pressure, of course, is produced at ground zero by the combination of the incident and reflected wave. The pressure gradually drops off as the waves move out from ground zero until the Mach Y develops and increases the pressure again. It was this amplification which extended the area of damage at Hiroshima and Nagasaki. The Mach Y stem worked over every type of structure. Masonry, steel frame buildings, reinforced frame buildings. From a military standpoint, the atomic detonations on Japan seemed to be pretty effective. So Hiroshima and Nagasaki became the norm the basis for curves on blast effects and damage. That's all for today. So until next time, remember, science is fun. In the latter days of the 20th century, there arose a difference of opinion. The leading experts of the time believed a nuclear war would only involve the exchange of a few bombs, and then the suitably horrified combatants would sit down at the peace table. They were wrong. In just 10 days, 10,000 years of human progress was virtually blown to dust. Visions of the future. Visions of the future. Three. Was there ever a time when you were not cooperative? No point in fighting battles you can't win. We are the power in everyone. We are the voice that won't be shunned. We are the light that can never be dimmed, and the knowing that our existence is immortal. Our hearts are filled with love. Our life is ours to own. We are here to break the chains, and peace will prevail once again. A message to wake up. It's a question of whether we want to hold on to those values that made this place great. So, a time has come to make a decision. Are we in this thing alone, or are we in it together? When we change, the world will change. And most importantly, when America changes, the world will change. Children are perhaps losing their childhood. You have to change yourself depending on personal relationships, work relationships, traffic relationships. You're always adapting here, which is kind of a good trait in someone, that if they've lived in a city, it forces them to adapt. There's a pressure on young people to have the latest new thing. They go into the classroom, their friends have maybe got the latest gadget, the latest new clothing. If they don't have it, they feel that they don't fit in, and that puts pressure on them, they put pressure on their parents, the whole thing becomes a cycle. On one side, we have gold bars. Mmm, 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 don't they look good? On the, on the other side of the scales, the entire planet. Everybody is competing with everybody else in the world. Visions of the future. Visions of the future. Our lives and our world is about to change radically, and we have a choice before us. When the sides facing each other suddenly realize that they're looking into a mirror, they will see that this is the pattern for the future. The whole earth has the village. Doubt is our product, since it is the best means of creating a 
controversy in the public's mind. So no wonder people are confused. This fella got his hand caught in the press. He didn't look what he was doing. Of course, he's only got one eye. He lost the sight of the other one looking at the telly day in and day out. Uh, got a television set and a packet of fags, but they're both dead from the neck up. I'm not saying it's their fault, mind you. They've had their hash settled for them so that all the bloody gaffers can push them around like a lot of sheep. We will control the horizontal. We will control the vertical. We are controlling transmission. Was there ever a time when you were not cooperative? We will control all that you see in here. By hook or by crook, we will. We're kind of entering this era where the, the, the type of animal that a human is is changing. People are starting to question who has authority over them, who is this person saying they can do this or they can't do that. And as people start to question that, uh, things start to change and people start to actually decide that they're not prepared to live their lives under this sort of, under this sort of control that exists. And that's happening on a massive, massive scale and that is exciting. Technology is already tying us in knots. A message to wake up. Everybody is competing with everybody else in the world. If you're going to construct a network of friends, you have to be in the same place over time. And if places are always changing, work is already changing, you can't even hold your friendships together. We may be moving into a world in which even notions of friendship change. Visions of the future. Three. more terrorism, more fear, more insecurity in the world and we are against, we're the, new, we're the new generation of this country and we have every single right to be here. There's a facade of normality in Baghdad but beneath it, ordinary Iraqis believe that war could come at any time. Petrol in a country flush with oil is harder to come by and people are buying whatever essential supplies are available. They are stuck in a limbo, caught between their fears and their hopes. At this American camp today, the unmistakable feel of an army on the brink of war. Everywhere, men like Staff Sergeant Andrew Connell, with all ammunition stored, were testing their equipment. Next time his Abrams tank moves, it is likely to be into battle. A last briefing. These troops from Bravo Company 269 Armour were being told where they'll find fuel and water inside Iraq. These were the serious faces of men who have not seen combat before, but shortly will. For the Parachute Regiment, just time for some last-minute training with live ammunition to give them a sense of what it will be like for real out on the battlefields of Iraq. That exile for the Iraqi leader was the one and only hope for preventing war. That hope seems to be dead and buried. Saddam Hussein has always said exile was unthinkable. Tonight his government's made it clear that he'll never accept any ultimatum to leave Iraq. The defense of the Iraqi capital is being reinforced. Artillery and tanks were being repositioned on the edge of the city today.
And as we've heard, President Bush is preparing to tell Saddam Hussein that he has 48 hours to leave Iraq or face the consequences of war. More attack helicopters were arriving by the hour, and we saw and heard intense air activity over southern Iraq. A last rehearsal, too, for the Black Hawk medical teams. They will fly into the battlefield to remove casualties. It creates a few butterflies here and there, but, you know, we've been out here training our butts off for the past nine months, and personally, I'm ready to rock and roll. I want to get it over with and get back home to my family and friends. This was a reminder, if one was needed, of the reality of war. There will be casualties, American, British and Iraq. These frontline troops are being issued with leaflets to hand out to the Iraqi people. And this is what they say. People of Iraq, do not travel to work, do not travel at night. You could be mistaken for a military vehicle. Do not allow your children to play outside. What the military wants is for the Iraqi people to go home and stay home. In an ideal world, the army would have on, on its warehouse shelves every last item of the latest bit of equipment possible sitting there just in case. People are not treating the warnings seriously. Life and death decisions will be made. Now it is very tough. Now it's it's hit me. I'm actually leaving and I'm leaving my husband and I'm leaving my friends behind. It's, it's tough. The worry is soon commercial flights will stop that if people don't leave now, they'll be trapped in a country described as having a high terrorist threat. Since this morning's announcement, airlines say there is an increased demand for seats, but there are still spaces. The British Embassy are concerned that people are not treating the warnings seriously. So worried that this afternoon they reissued that warning, saying that Kuwait is now a dangerous place to be. Kuwait is now a dangerous place to be. Do not travel at night. Do not travel to work. People of Iraq, do not travel to work. Do not travel at night. You could be mistaken for a military vehicle. Baghdad is about to be bombed for the fourth time in 12 years. Soon, perhaps very soon, that youth and training will be tested to the full. A normally bustling city has felt almost like a ghost town today. Shops and businesses have brought their shutters down. Those who have the means to flee have gone. The streets of this city are clearing quickly as people prepare to be on the receiving end once more. The devil-may-care attitude of just a few days ago is gone. War, the distant prospect, is now war, tomorrow's certainty. Kuwait is now a dangerous place to be. Of course, people are terrified. They've been told repeatedly that the Americans are coming to rape and pillage this country. What they haven't heard are George Bush's and Tony Blair's constant assurances to the contrary.
They practice, but it's gone beyond that now. The Marines are prepared for one of the first and most daring operations, leading the way for a quarter of a million men to follow as they invade southern Iraq. Not really nervous, I just want to get there, get it done. The message was peace, but the mood was angry among the estimated 5,000 schoolchildren in Birmingham who left their lessons to protest against war in Iraq. Rocks and coins were thrown as the city hall was besieged. Students insisted, though, it was mostly peaceful. Whatever happens now, Saddam Hussein won't be a dictator much longer. But in the dwindling hours of his rule, what are his options? The worry is soon commercial flights will stop. That if people don't leave now, they'll be trapped in a country described as having a high terrorist threat. High terrorist threat. Most people here now think that war is only a matter of hours away. The tension in this city could not be any higher. It seems the most high-tech bombardment in the history of warfare is about to begin. Under a minute to go until one o'clock, which is the moment that President Bush said would be the deadline for Saddam Hussein and his sons to leave Iraq. And to mark that moment, we will cross live now to Big Ben here in London as the one o'clock deadline approaches. One o'clock here in London, four o'clock in Baghdad, and eight o'clock in the evening in Washington. Robert Moore, you are there. No doubt they will be watching the clock there in Washington as closely as we are here in London. Donald John Trump, my finger on the nuclear button. I don't apologize. I don't express regret. I don't feel a damn thing when I see you in distress. I don't back down. I don't admit mistakes. I don't say I'm sorry. I don't feel empathy for you or anyone else but me. I feel huge empathy for me, Donald John Trump. You can't imagine, it's, it's overwhelming. I feel so important. I feel so much better than you and every other little person in this world. I am the smartest. I'm really smart. I'm the best deal maker. I'm the best. I make deals that make your head spin. I get what I want always. I don't back down. I don't ever admit that I've gone too far. I just keep going, no matter what. I can't stop. I can't look down. I can't look in, I, I can't look at myself be, because, because it's not necessary. I don't need to look, I'm perfect, I'm a god. So I don't need to ask God for anything. I don't need to ask for God's help or forgiveness or for favors or wisdom like you. 
I am the wisest person in the world. Maybe that ever lived. I, I have my finger on the nuclear button. What do you think I'll do? I have my finger on the nuclear button. What do you think I'll do? I don't back down. I don't stop. I don't know how to be humble. I don't know how to be human. I only know how to destroy. My finger is on the nuclear button. What do you think I'll do? A zealot, a bigot, and a fool walk into a bar and sit on a stool. Everybody knows there'll be trouble soon. The boys are back at the Star Wars saloon. The patriot whispers, "Give me a shot." The zealot cries, "Your God is not." The bigot screams, "I am right, you're wrong." The fool says, "Can't we all just get along?" All just get along. The bartender looks a little annoyed. Tells Dion and the boys to play Pink Floyd. They rock that tune, Dark Side of the Moon. It's happy hour at the Star Wars saloon. The patriot sings his national anthem. We are us, and they are them. The zealot quotes from his holy book. They are bad, and we are good. The bigot recites his manifesto. We are better than other people. Cheers for his hometown team, and nobody agrees on one damn thing. Yeah, maybe one day, maybe someday soon, we'll find a friend at the Star Wars saloon. Another country, creed, and color love each other like sister and brother. Maybe one day, maybe someday soon. We'll all hang out at the Star Wars saloon. Maybe one day, maybe someday soon. We'll all hang out at the Star Wars saloon. the few and you want to control the many you have to centralize decision making we have now reached a point 
of global Babylon. London. Global control. Or Babby London, as it's become known. What's it all about? What is it all about? It's all an illusion. A new world order. The greatest form of control is the control you can't see. New world order. Global control. The Illuminati. This is the hidden hand that you never see that controls the Blairs and the Bushes. The all-seeing eye, as it calls itself. Global control. Everyone else is compartmentalized, only knowing as much as it takes to do their job. What's it all about? What is it all about? New world order. One. A world government which would dictate all major policy to every country. Two. A world central bank dictating global finance. A world currency which would be no physical money, just electronic cash. What's it all about? A world army to impose the will of the world government on those countries that resist. It's all an illusion. The greatest form of control is the control you can't see. How about the people? that wish to live their lives in a different way to the centrally imposed dictatorship. You can trust everyone, and will, in time. <laughs> control of banking, control of politics, control of business, control of all these areas that dictate our lives today. Global control. Will you never learn? This is only the beginning. Hidden knowledge, hidden understanding, that if it's in the hands of the few and kept from the many, gives enormous power for the few to dictate and manipulate the many. <laughs> many of you have accepted the situation of your imprisonment and will die here like rotten cabbages. <laughs> Soon I will be mushed out of the whole garden and then you'd all better watch out. Global control. Everyone is to be taken prisoner. No one must escape. New world order. You will need all the help you can get to further the next stage of my plan in the conquest of the universe. Met my prisoners, have you? Oh, yes, what a pathetic lot. <laughs> if you are the few, and you want to control the many, you have to centralize decision-making. What's it all about? What is it all about? Yes, deliberate obliteration with one thought in mind, to capture the poor little sheep. And uh, let's not get nosy, bud. Many of you have accepted the situation of your imprisonment. The poor little sheep. And will die here like rotten cabbages.
all about. It's all an illusion. You will need all the help you can get to further the next stage of my plan in the conquest of the universe. What you think of this is none of my business. It is your business and your reality, and you have a right to make of it whatever you will. So I'm not trying to persuade anyone. I'm just trying to say... Once again, we've saved civilization as we know. Yeah, and the good news is they're not going to prosecute. Possibly 100 billion galaxies in the observable universe. The universe is changing with time. Astronauts in space. We have a universe with 100 billion galaxies, 100 billion stars each. The early universe is not chosen randomly. There was something that made it that way, we would like to know what. For some reason, the universe at one time had a very low entropy for its energy content, and since then, the entropy has increased. The arrow of time cannot be completely understood until the mystery of the beginnings of the history of the universe are reduced still further from speculation to understanding. In 1998, we learned something crucial about the universe that we didn't know before. We learned that it's accelerating. Empty space itself has energy. In every little cubic centimeter of space, whether or not there's stuff, whether or not there's particles, matter, radiation, or whatever, there is still energy, even in the space itself. Ponder that for a while. Individual galaxies are speeding away from us faster and faster, so we say the universe is accelerating. Back when I was your age, we didn't know what the universe was going to do. We thought, some people thought that the universe would re-collapse in the future. Einstein was fond of this idea. But if there's dark energy and the dark energy does not go away, the universe is just going to keep expanding forever and ever and ever. Space looks finite to us. Space may be finite or infinite, but because the universe is accelerating, there are parts of it we cannot see and never will see. The universe is like a box of gas that lasts forever. So even though the universe lasts forever, there's only a finite number of things that can possibly happen in the universe. They all happen over a period of time equal to 10 to the 10 to the 120 years. Maybe the Big Bang is not the beginning of the universe. We've been thinking as a human race about what the universe was like, why it came to be in the way it did for many, many years. It's exciting to think we may finally know the answer someday. Astronauts in space. The universe is like a box of gas that lasts forever. Ponder that for a while. After the savage born infant to the surroundings of civilization, and he will grow to possess a civilized language and habitat. Captain Richard H. Pratt, 
1879. They came to the land we called was Donde, declared it a civilization with rising from the ashes. I watched as we were being rounded up like cattle, taken to Bosco Redondo, our women and children used for target practice. The canals that was left for my brothers and sisters of the Hohokam people overflowed with water again. You see, dying of thirst would have been just a small justice as the roads and buildings kept coming, a monsoon of white settlers. They had asked me, what does it mean when you say Phoenix, Arizona to an Indian? It means looking for shade on concrete as a 115 degree heat beats you down. It means missionaries kidnapping children from our reservation, save the man, killing the Indian. It was more of a tagline. It was the shears cutting the long black hair of our native men. It was the uniforms replacing tribal regalia. It was the bars of soap washing out our language. You see, some of us never left leaving our footprints over slabs of stone and adobe, a mirage of the reservation reflecting off of building windows, street lamps used as constellation to find warm resting grounds, my non-native brother and sisters questioning me, why are your people alcoholics? Why are your people homeless? Why are your people lost? My answers are never satisfying, never full enough to fill their curiosity, but too honest for them to stomach. When the U.S. government had forced us to sign treaties, they had no idea that burning us down would only give us more heat to rise. We rise with flames sparked by their own language. We rise with heat under our souls, giving us speed, Billy Mills. We rise with thunder in our bats, Jacoby Ellsbury. We rise with grace and poise, Maria Tallchief. We rise to the stars and back, John Harrington. We rise to the silver screen, West Duty, Irene Bedard, Graham Greene. We rise to the best sellers list, Leslie Mormon, Silco, Sherman Alexi, Lucy Tabahanza, we rise to the law, Diane Humantiwa, we rise from these ashes just like any okay, Phoenix. campers, rise and shine, and don't forget your booties, because it's cold out there. As a veteran of every man launch of America's space program, I can tell you that the mood here at the Cape is a bit subdued. But the fireworks display we're about to see promises to be a good one. 111 miles from its landing site, the first view of discovery from long-range tracking cameras of the Kennedy Space Center. Here, data probes on the left and right sides of Discovery's nose have been deployed using atmospheric pressure data to update onboard information about its altitude. Six minutes, 45 seconds until touchdown. Discovery uh, currently flying to the west of Lake Okeechobee, 75 miles until touchdown at the Kennedy Space Center. Discovery at the point of terminal area energy management, receiving navigation updates for the proper alignment and speed as it approaches the heading alignment cylinder in front of the runway. Discovery less than 70 miles from the landing site. No changes to winds or weather. Nominal shoes deployed. Three minutes from touchdown. 
set aside six months for basic training. Even then, assuming that money, time, health, and aptitude are no problem, there's still one more hurdle to leap. Space Shuttle Atlantis is on the launch pad ready to fly, and we are about to take a closer look at STS-117, a mission to continue building the International Space Station. Stand by for the countdown and launch. Thank <laughs> you. 
is wonderful. The, the views are spectacular. 16 sunrises and sunsets a day, if you can find the time to look at them. You see a planet without borders, day and night. Just, just fabulous views. I wish everybody could see them. have unveiled a new design especially for space tourists, people like us who have no special training but who want the chance to blast off into the stars. It all sounds pretty crazy, but it could be a reality in about five years time. A ticket to space will cost you a hundred thousand pounds. £25,000 worth of oil. It's true. In space, no one can hear you scream. Floating around in space is... It's coming through a hole in the air from those nights in Tiananmen Square. It's coming from the feel that this ain't exactly real, or it's real, but it ain't exactly there. From the wars against disorder, from the sirens night and day, from the fires of the homeless, from the ashes of the gay. Democracy is coming to the USA. It's coming through a crack in the wall on the visionary flood of alcohol from the staggering account of the Sermon on the Mount which I don't pretend to understand at all. It's coming from the silence on the dock of the bay from the brave, the bold, the battered heart of Chevrolet. Democracy is coming to the USA. It's coming from the sorrow in the street, the holy places where the races meet, from the homicidal bitchin' that goes down in every kitchen to determine who will serve and who will eat, from the wells of disappointment where the women kneel to pray for the grace of God in the desert here and the desert far away, democracy is coming to the USA. Sail on, sail on, O mighty ship of state, to the shores of need, past the reefs of greed, through the squills of hate. Sail on, sail on, sail on, sail on. It's coming to America first, the cradle of the best and of the worst. It's here they got the range and the machinery for change, and it's here they got the spiritual thirst. It's here the family's broken. And it's here the lonely say that the heart has got to open in a fundamental way. Democracy is coming to the USA. 
It's coming from the women and the men. Oh, baby, we'll be making love again. We'll be going down so deep. The river's going to weep. And the mountain's going to shout, Amen. It's coming like the tidal flood beneath a lunar sway. Imperial, mysterious, and amorous array. Democracy is coming to the USA. Sail on, sail on. I'm sentimental, if you know what I mean. I love the country, but I can't stand the scene. And I'm neither left or right. I'm just staying home tonight, getting lost in that hopeless little screen. But I'm stubborn at those garbage bags that time cannot decay. I'm junk, but I'm still holding Of course up all lives matter. Little wild but lately we've been wondering if all Democracy lives matter. Is coming just because y'all raised USA. differently doesn't mean y'all lives are better. Or do y'all lie better? Or are y'all ties bigger because we was hog tied to trees while y'all had pigments? Deemed the worthy to be free just because of our pigment? Now what's the new Jim Crow when y'all lock us in prisons? Are y'all offended when we need during the national anthem? Meanwhile, y'all forced the country to believe Hillary and Trump has the answers? How, Sway? I wish Barack cabinet was filled with Panthers and maybe then we'll see advancements. So of course all lives matter. The question is, do our lives matter? Just because we raised differently doesn't mean y'all lives are better? Answer that. Cause I refuse to remain lost. I'm immune to your brainwash. I know it's true that I'm oblivious to half of your damn laws. I know if read somewhere, gotta say that y'all get off as long as you're slain all. So am I wrong for thinking this whole time this was the existing plan? Cause not too long ago, I was three-fifths of man. Now I'm one traffic stop away from being Sandra Bland and a little peer pressure away from doing hand-to-hands cause we products of our environments and ain't nobody hiring. We running out of options. Plus the man on the radio told me cop a couple ounces. But if I commit the same crime as Timmy, will I get the same time as Timmy? Hell no. Of white police going kill Tyreek, where did Jerry find them guilty? Case closed. So of course all lives matter, but we just want to feel like all lives matter. The revolution will not be televised or streamed live. It will not be broadcast or podcast or vodcast. You will not be able to download the revolution or to remix it and upload it to YouTube or eBay or Amazon. 4chan is not the revolution. The revolution will not come with added logs or extra cheeseburger. The revolution will not be optimized or sticky. The revolution is not tribal. It will not be going viral. It has no friends. The revolution will not be selling you anti-aging serums while children are dying of AIDS. There will be no apple a day while a quarter of the world can't eat or read. You will not be able to tweet the revolution from under the tanks or from Myanmar if you have no power or phone. The revolution will not be sanitized or whitewashed. Whatever brand you use is okay. There will be no entropy. You will not be able to exclude it from your network or publish it to your blog or Facebook with a poke. There will be no power law governing the revolution. It's not a small world after all. The revolution will not be supervised or censored, filtered or firewalled. The revolution will not be on MTV shaking that thing, uh-huh, or making pornos. The revolution will not be at Burning Man or playing Wii or winning a Webby. The revolution will not be exalted 
doing boss raids in Oldua or in Rapture or up in the clouds, the revolution will be wearing the pants. The revolution will not be between these thighs. The revolution is not your mother. The revolution is not an amateur. It's a pro. There will be no feminist manifesto because all that stuff is legislated now. Uh-huh. The revolution will not piss with the seat up and it won't clean the toilets either. There will be no digital divide. The future has arrived. It's just that the well is empty. Manual labor will be endangered. Car crashes and oil spills are bringing down the house. Everything is winding down. Fragmentation of the nuclear family. The revolution will not be polarized. It will not be black or white or red. The revolution is illiterate and unfed and it doesn't give a damn about global warming. The revolution will not be peace, man. It's war child. When you give a child a gun, not a book, then look at what you stole from them. We are not the revolution. The revolution is on the inside. It's freewheeling and stealing fear and joyriding. I am the revolution. The revolution will not be virtualized. The revolution is unwired. The revolution will not require you to reboot your system. The revolution will use dynamite. All your bases are belong to us now. No version 3.0 slash dot semantic web end slash. It's hanging out at Ted Global with the other genii and the house elves. The revolution is post-human. The revolution is cyborganism. The revolution is a paradigm shift in the phase transition. The revolution is embodied and undistributed. This is the evolution of the revolution. This is not the beginning of the end. The singularity is no nearer. But if we are the lucky ones, then this is the end. Then this is the end of the beginning. The revolution will not be in cyberspace. The revolution will be inside. Eyes are not the revolution. The revolution will be live. We are not the revolution. I am the revolution. This is the evolution of the revolution. You've heard the criticism before that President Obama won't use the phrase radical Islamic terrorism. It appears that the shooter uh, was inspired by uh, various extremist uh, information uh, that was disseminated uh, over the Internet. He hasn't used the phrase before, and as Olivier Knox at Yahoo News points out, Mr. Obama almost certainly won't in the future. Olivier, set it up. Well, you know, Gordon, this has come up uh, basically since 9-11. This is a long-running debate about presidential rhetoric about American enemies and the war on terrorism. They boil it down to two factors. One is that American presidents are very hesitant to suggest in any way that Islam is a motivating force for this kind of violence. Uh, you know, President Bush was extremely careful to disassociate Islam from the 9-11 attacks, for example. He went to the Islamic Center of Washington, D.C., six days after those attacks to say, Islam is peace. These people have tried to hijack uh, a great religion. The same applies to Barack Obama. What they're trying to do is 
not needlessly alienate America's Muslim partners and allies in the global war on terrorism, but also they really, really, really don't want to legitimize the, the actions of these kinds of extremists by letting them cloak their violence in religion. But don't our Muslim allies dislike what these guys do in terms of, uh, as President Bush said, hijacking the religion? They absolutely do. The challenge is uh, that sometimes things get lost in translation. Sometimes when a uh, when a an American politician says radical Islam, uh, some folks in in some of the more uh, uh, orthodox forms of uh, of Islam get offended. In 2006, when George W. Bush started talking about radical Islam um, as a as a force behind these kinds of attacks. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is Saint Quentin, and we've come to the end of. It ain't illegal, yeah. We'll be back soon with a new episode, and hopefully this episode has made you think and want to make a difference in this world. Now I'm going to turn on for the love of poetry and spoken word and think. Get to Old Navy now because this week only there's a new red hot deal every single day. Plus up to 50% off store wide. That's up to 50% off your favorite Old Navy styles. Also get $10 off your next purchase when you buy online and pick up in store. So hurry in and get today's wow worthy fashion pieces at a price you won't believe. Only at Old Navy. Valid 712 to 19. Select styles only. $10 off valid in store only. One time use. Excludes clearance, gift card, register lane items, jewelry. Get to Old Navy now, because this week only, there's a new red-hot deal every single day. Plus, up to 50% off store-wide. That's up to 50% off your favorite Old Navy styles. Also, get $10 off your next purchase when you buy online and pick up in-store. So hurry in and get today's wow-worthy fashion pieces at a price you won't believe. Only at Old Navy. Valid 712 to 19. Select styles only. $10 off valid in-store only. One-time use. Excludes clearance, gift card, register lane items, jewelry.